it felt just like a wild ride. Like I had no idea what the next day was going to be like. Rachel Jacobson, film streams. In the very early days, what were the challenges? What surprised you? What maybe didn't go to plan? Oh, wow. There was a lot of, it was scary. I didn't have any management experience. So that was really hard. I had never run a movie theater. I lucked into a lot of, there were chat message boards, independent theater owners that really helped me write the business plan, you know, really? they would talk about, yeah, they would talk about their per screen averages and how many showtimes they have a week and how their theaters laid out and what they would have done different if they could and stuff like that. So that like really helped me write the business plan and what projectors were best and stuff like that. Hold on, sorry, Rachel. I'm sorry. I have to jump on some chat message boards and ask about podcasts here. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back. They're really dating this whole thing. I don't, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. So it was um, really just the day-to-day operational running the show, literally. Yeah, probably. yeah. I, I was just trying to figure it out. I had a lot of luck and a lot of support and I was most of the time smart enough to know what I didn't know. And having fundraising and development as a baseline, I think was really helpful. That's one thing that I realized in that NYU class, it was like, oh my gosh, fundraising is the scariest and hardest part of this. And it's going to be the most important thing. So having had that background and that part being less intimidating, and then also I'm not telling you any challenges. I'm just telling you all the lucky things. I'm being too positive. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but but I gotta tell you one more lucky thing, which is Connie White, who was our film booker. And I just met her, a friend of mine who booked all the Saddle Creek bands for concerts, Eric D. He introduced me to his mentor who was running a movie theater in Provincetown. And Bob, who's the guy that's running this movie theater, tells me, you gotta talk to Connie White. You gotta hire a film booker because navigating distribution is impossible. So I got in touch with Connie White before I even moved home and she's still Filmstream's film booker. And she knows all the distributors, she negotiates with them. She figures out how to get the films and all of that stuff. And she's the best in the business, I think. So. We just lucked into her and she was the one from the beginning, but challenges, plenty of people said no, but I never took that as, but more people said yes than no. More people wanted to support it than not. And I never took no as a no forever. Yeah. (laughs) That's a thought I had never occurred to me. (laughs) Yeah. You just, if you can accept no's graciously, then you can maintain the relationship and then you can come back. And a lot of those did said no to joining the board, said no to giving money to the capital campaign. But then later on, they might've, a lot of people did stuff. Yeah. um, I'm trying to think what were some of the challenges? Definitely coordinating like the architects with, we had a cinema contractor who was based in Florida. And I'm just like in the middle of trying to coordinate these as the client, not really having just like getting everyone together and just being like, talk to one another now. It sounds like we need more HVAC in the booth. And how did we not know this and stuff like that? So I just remember I would hang out at Blue Line those first couple of years before we had an office. I would hang out at Blue Line and Dundee and have all these. I would meet with anyone who would ask, anyone who would ask, and people would tell me to meet with people. And I would just constantly be meeting with people and going to events and trying to meet as many people in Omaha as I could. And so it would be everyone from other nonprofit folks to potential donors, potential board members, 
So I just had a lot of blind dates at Blue Line. Yeah. <laughs> so that was with blind date meetings where you never knew whether you're going to come out with a board member or with a check or with a partner or with a community partner. Um, or so, a future yes. A, a not right now yes. <laughs> a not right now yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It was an adventure. It was really stressful and scary, but it was also fun. And did you have a moment where that you look back on now where you go, that was an inflection point or a point where you really go, okay, this is going to work. I can see this audience response or fundraising numbers, or was it just a gradual progression of lily pad to lily pad hopping and surviving? Or was there a big moment of realization for you? Yeah, there were a few of those moments. Definitely the moment that Alexander Payne joined the board, this uh, Sokoloff family, which is actually the Javich family, um, Karen Javich, and then Jen, Mark, and Rachel, they gave the lead gift to the capital campaign. So them, it was a $1.2 million campaign that ended up having to be a $1.7 million campaign. Wow. So it was really, you know, and that was just for the build out and for the startup and for we, someone gave us the smart advice of having half a year of operating in the bank from the beginning. So we had that too, but they gave $500,000 and that was incredible. Peter Kiewit Foundation, which was pretty much the most powerful foundation in town and really a seal of approval once you got that grant together and once you got them to approve of it. They, them giving us the challenge grant was huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Saddle Creek wanting us to do it earlier. That in and of itself was a huge thing. Yeah, there were a lot of, it's hard to say one moment. Sure. There were a lot. Was there ever a film that you felt like just you're putting it into the mix, helped it take flight and gave it life? Or were there many of those types of things just from the artistic product? Yeah, it, it was definitely like when we had directors to town to visit and one of our first directors actually just emailed me a couple of weeks ago to see if he could come with his next film. And I told him I don't program anymore, but I'm going to introduce him to folks. I think it really made a difference for those filmmakers to be able to come and connect with audiences, especially of, you know, smaller films. But, and then there's like, we played Barry Jenkins' first film, Medicine for Melancholy, for example, eight when that came out. And it's, I'm just proud that we were able to introduce audiences to these movies that, and to these filmmakers and create really, it's all about creating community around film. It's just like, the micro cinema, especially at Dundee, has been such a great place for people to, like when we just, we did an Agnes Varda series the first year that Dundee opened and she's French New Wave, the only woman in the French New Wave and amazing director. And it was like, all these people came to every film. It was just like, they were getting to know each other and recognizing each other and all of that. We did this whole series of early Hitchcock films called the Hitchcock Nine. Yeah. Uh, and we had different musicians. So there are his early silent films and they didn't have scores with them. So we had different groups of musicians compose scores for each one. And we did it like every Thursday night. And it was this great scene of musicians and film goers. And 
everyone was so excited to see who would do what next. And Isn't it amazing uh, it, how silent films still play today to an audience? People would uh, think they wouldn't, but they really still do. Especially in that context. And yeah, the ones that have survived that's long for a reason. There's some amazing films out there. They just played uh, Safety Last, the Harold Lloyd. Have you seen that? Yeah. That movie's amazing. Yeah. Like, crazy i wanted to bring my daughters i didn't get to but um yeah there's so many of those dan mccarthy's done a lot of compositions to silent films he's done at least three entire scores and man he says it's so much work though like i was um, part of yeah. an event where they showed a chaplain some of the early stuff and the guy who was putting it on was like this is gonna eat it and then it killed huge laughs incredible yeah chaplain kills buster keaton kills they're hilarious films they're so good oh and another thing i'm really proud of is just like all the partnerships that we would do at the latin american studies department yeah like eight of them came to meet with me before we even opened and said we want to do a film series and it was the only film series that was really truly curated by committee but we would do this month-long September thing, and we would have discussions and, and a restaurant partner every Tuesday night. And again, it becomes this vibrant scene, and you're introducing your city to all of these Spanish-language films, and it's so fun. And so as this is going on, was this the type of thing that you thought, I'm going to do this the rest of my life and be happy, or did you always have what the next chapter might be in the back of your mind or at what point were you thinking about the next chapter? I'm a future oriented person. Sure. And, and, and honestly, like if Dundee hadn't happened, I don't know if I would have stayed as long as I did. I stayed for 15 years Yeah. and I loved doing it. And I'm not sure if there's ever going to be a job I'm better suited for it, like that checks as many boxes as this did for me. Yeah. But I also was really lucky because someone said to me early on, they were like, have you ever heard of founder syndrome? And I looked it up and it's all about, it happens a lot, especially with founders of arts organizations where the director just stays on and thinks of it as a lifelong job. And yep. it just can't be that because you're not building a job, you're building an organization. And the more dependent it is on one person or one personality, the less sustainable that is. We're mortals, right? Yeah, I'm not sure you are, but I sure am, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. No, we are. And so it's just, I think it just, it can't be based on one person or one personality. And so I knew that from the beginning. So I was always thinking about what could be next. I did not imagine myself here really, but yeah. But I did say from the beginning, I'll do it for 15 to 20 years, somewhere in there. And I did it for exactly 15. Wow. So, yeah. You have an impeccable sense of timing. <laughs> but I'm sure you also felt great comfort knowing incredible what you did first of all and thank you for what you did as a film lover myself and a many time attendee down there but i'm sure you had to feel good about just looking back and going you can hand off the reins and you know it's secure and damn it was incredible yeah it feels good to know what a strong organization it still is and i'm also i'm still involved i'm on the board which probably isn't 
when I'm talking about founder syndrome, that's probably not the best, but I just, I can't give it up completely. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say you, you've gone into kind of an emeritus role and I'm sure advisory and I'm sure you still attend many films down there, I would guess. Yeah, I try to as much as I can. Rachel Jacobson, thank you so much again. Thank you for all you've done. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it.